Hi everyone and welcome back to UFOs and other paranormal stuff. I hope that you have had a good last couple of weeks and hopefully had better weather than we've had here in the UK. It has been nothing but rain, 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 grey skies, a little bit of snow last week, then back to grey, rain, rain, rain. So I keep telling myself that spring and summer are on their way. Personally, I can't think of anything better than the first feeling of warm sun on the face when spring finally arrives. At the end of the last show, I asked listeners to write in with their own per personal stories of the paranormal, UFOs or ghost sightings, or anything paranormal basically. And you did just that. Lots of messages were sent to me at UFOs and other paranormal stuff at gmail.com and I'm going to read some of them out on this episode. Please don't forget to keep on emailing me. It is always great to hear from people around the world and read your stories of strange goings-on, etc. I appreciate every single email I get. Unfortunately, some emails do go to my spam folder, and one or two have sadly been deleted. If I haven't responded to you, please kindly send the email again and I'll be extra vigilant this time and I will reply. Anyway, on with this week's show. Your stories start with an email that I received from Ryan, who I think comes from the United States of America. Apologies if I've got that wrong. And his story goes like this. I'm 39 years old and when I was 4 or 5 years old I visited my cousin's house which I did very often. He was a year older and lived in an older home. His cat had just had kittens and we decided that we were going to go upstairs and see the kittens. As most young children do we were both kind of running up this flight of stairs when from out of the left side of the wall came an older woman elderly, with grey hair past her shoulders, and she was not in colour. She calmly glided right past us, no faster than if she was walking. She didn't say a word, and didn't turn her head, she was maybe five foot tall. Directly across, on the right side of the wall, was an older window, and she was headed for it, and went right out of it. We quickly looked at each other and then we went up the two to three stairs that separated her and us and looked through the window. Strangely, there she was, but she was 15 feet in the air and just looking straight ahead and keeping the same speed. Then she started to shrink in size like she was leaving our reality. We watched her until she shrunk down and couldn't see her anymore. I don't really keep in contact with my cousin, but I reached out to him a few years ago and through text I messaged him. I made sure I didn't say anything that would encourage his memory. I just said, do you remember what happened to us at your old house? He immediately wrote back, the chick ghost. I asked him to tell me what he remembered, and surprisingly, we have the same memory. Strangely, he never told his mum 
when you would think like a six or seven year old who lives in a house that you just saw a ghost in, I would have thought he would have been terrified to live there for another year or two. He never saw the ghost again, neither did I. When I would visit, and I recently asked his mum, my aunt, if she ever saw anything in that house, she just said no, but she believed our story. I know that the story is probably pretty boring, and I wish I could tell you how something scary happened to me, or something more exciting. At 39, and having many years to think about the incident, I believe that we were supposed to see her. A step faster, we would have been past her and she would have been behind us and we would never have thought about looking behind us. Thanks for reading and best of luck with the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you very much for that story, Ryan. I think you're right. Some ghosts or spirits do want us to see them. Maybe they're able to communicate and this particular lady had that power. No story is boring, by the way, as it allows all of us a glimpse into someone else's paranormal experiences. And every story is welcome on this podcast, too. Next comes a story from Tracy, who lives in Enfield in North London. Of course, Green Street in Enfield is where the infamous haunting occurred over a few years in the late 1970s. Made popular by TV shows, both documentary and drama, as well as The Conjuring 2 movie, released in 2016, the Enfield Poltergeist story will always keep people on the edge of their seats. I think that there may indeed be something about Enfield, as Tracy has sent in three stories and has told me that she has more to come, but wanted to leave them for another day, which is fair enough, of course. Tracy's first story is about a place known as Forty Hall. Forty Hall is a manor house dating from the 1620s. It is situated in Forty Hill in Enfield, North London. It is a Grade 1 listed building, meaning that it is a building of exceptional interest. The story goes, Around eight years ago, my mum and her friend Hazel visited a manor house near us, Forty Hall. The house is open to the public and you can just go in and wander around. They had looked around the ground floor and went upstairs to look around the bedrooms. When they got to the top of the stairs, my mum felt a bit uneasy and a bit dizzy, but carried on looking around with her friend. It wasn't until they went back downstairs that her friend told her that when they went into one of the bedrooms, Rainton's bedroom, so Nicholas Rainton was a wealthy London haberdasher who, as well as being Lord Mayor of London, actually built the house. Someone appeared to be under the covers, she continued. She could see what looked like a dark mop of hair on the pillow. When they told me about it, I searched online to see what I could find out. Apparently, the public didn't used to have access to every room as they do now. Rainton's room used to be cordoned off, so you could only look into the room rather than walking into it. 
The staff used to check the house before locking up and quite often used to find the bedclothes in this bedroom disturbed in the morning as if somebody had slept in the bed. Well, Tracy, it doesn't surprise me one bit that a house of this age would be haunted. I find it amazing that not more is done to tell of the ghosts that inhabit these old places. I think that a ghost story or two adds to a building's character. Listeners to my show will remember a while back I released an episode called Ghosts of New Addington. I had so many stories come into me for that show that I simply could not put them all into one episode. Here is a story from that town in South London, this time from a lady named Eva. In New Addington, around 1993, I was walking home with my mum. We had been grocery shopping. It was an early summer's evening, just before the light had completely gone and turned into night. I remember as we walked home, carrying the shopping, that the atmosphere changed. It started to get breezy, and it felt electric. The hairs on my arms stood up. My mum and I suddenly became aware of this, and I could tell that my mum was spooked. We both looked up at the sky, up and to our right, and we saw lights shining through a thin veil of cloud cover. I looked at my mum in disbelief and said, Can you see that? She said yes, and we stopped and stood still, staring up at these lights. There were three white glowing lights in the formation of a short propeller. They rotated on an axis, spinning around, not very fast. I hadn't seen anything like it before. My mum looked at me and said, Let's move. She was freaked out. We continued walking, but couldn't take our eyes off of the lights. They seemed to follow us as we moved, always up and to the right of us still slowly spinning around as they moved along, never lagging behind or moving ahead of us. This freaked my mum out even more. She sped up her walk, almost to a run. I had no choice but to keep up with her. We made it home fine, but that incident is clear today as it was back then. It wasn't any kind of plane I have ever seen, or anything like the light you get on planes. Living close to and on Biggin Hill Airport's flight path, I was familiar with many types of planes, helicopters, from a young age. The funny thing was, there was absolutely no sound from this object. No hum or buzz. No engine or mechanical noises. They were completely silent. That is very interesting, Eva. I do hear that a lot of airports have in the past, and still do, some of them, uh, get visited by craft of unknown origin. Usually that happens to RAF airports, of which I think many people will know that Biggin Hill was one of the most important ones years ago. I'll also be willing to bet that a lot of pilots that fly into that airport have seen a UFO or a ghost or two, possibly even its own resident ghosts. According to the News Shopper website, 
Biggin Hill Airfield is said to be one of Bromley's most haunted locations. It was hugely important during the Battle of Britain in World War II, and for many years people have come forward to report encounters with spectral airmen who seem to fade away once observed. Some are seen in the newer houses built on the old airfield land. Biggin Hill also has a phantom spitfire. This can be heard flying above the airfield, and some people who have been able to see it say that the plane performs a victory roll before disappearing into thin air. The chapel at Biggin Hill is also said to be haunted. A man who worked in the building told Haunted Bromley that his friend has recently seen the figure of a man in airman attire, but upon investigation, he could not find the mystery figure. Something quite odd that I used to see at Biggin Hill when I would visit the cafe with my dad was a private pilot having something to eat just before heading off to his plane. My father and I would secretly watch open-mouthed as the gentleman in question would pour some cold water into an empty plate and then place a slice of bread into the cold water and eat it. Yes, that really happened. Another few short stories from New Addington. Brian told me there was a farmhouse down Layham's Road that was said to be haunted. It went on a late night visit and scared witness by screams and banging, but afterwards thought it was probably foxes. Sometime later, the house was renovated and, as it happens, found out that our physics teacher had bought it. Apparently, a farmer did murder his wife there and then hanged himself. This probably happened in the 1950s or the 60s. The house was derelict in the mid-sixties. Nicky recalls, when I was about five, me and my dad were in a park opposite the Cunningham pub. We looked up and was convinced that there was a UFO in the sky. It went after a couple of seconds. I will never forget that over 44 years ago. Interestingly, uh, Nicky, Eva has responded to that story already by stating that her sighting of the UFO happened at almost the same place. How weird is that? Now, ladies and gentlemen, a story from a lady called Janet Dewar. Janet is a medical intuitive and energy healer who hails from Oregon in the good old United States of America, and she has sent me this. Hi, Andy. That is great. Perhaps your audience would be interested in hearing some of my stories and learning how best to communicate safely with galactic and other beings in the non-physical. I once woke up to see an eight-foot-high grey being right next to me in my bedroom. I could see two Pleiadian beings that I recognised standing behind this being. Having this tall greyish being right beside my bed was a bit disconcerting. I called out to A.A. Michael, Michael is the being of the highest light, and he assured me, yes. I then received the awareness that the greyish being was from my home star, 
I'm not from this universe, and he had a download for me. He touched my third eye with his index finger, and I felt a large energy transmission without any particular awareness about what it was about. He and the Pleiadians were gone in a flash. Over the next couple of days, the energy transmission, I think of it like a zip file, unpacked and I received awareness about my home star and more of my energy gifts. I always recommend people invoke Archangel Michael when a being approaches you with which you are unfamiliar to ask for protection and discern whether this being is of the highest light. You can also ask the being to walk through the violet flame to approach you. The being will not survive the violet flame if they are dark and so they will just choose to disappear. If they are of the light, you may see them doing a happy dance through the violet flame and enjoy purification. Thank you very much for that, Janet. That was a very interesting story indeed, and I think that many of my listeners will learn from your experiences too. I have heard a lot on other podcasts about the Pleiades and beings from there. Indeed, Pleiades features in folklore from all across the world, including that of the Vikings, the Cherokee, and the Ban Raji, to name just three. Indeed, according to Wikipedia, the Pleiadians were said to have visited the North in centuries past. Some Pleiadians are even said to resemble Norsemen of long ago. Thank you very much for that, Janet, and how I wish at times that the Pleiadians would come and visit me and download something into my brain too. Back to Tracy from Enfield now. I told you she had some more stories. The Cavalier. When I was about seven years old, around 1977, I went to a friend's house after school for dinner. She lived in a very small terraced house. We were upstairs in her bedroom playing a board game. She left the room to go to the bathroom and on her way back she screamed. So I went to see what was wrong. She was standing in the landing and pointed towards a cavalier who was standing a few feet away from us. It wasn't how I'd imagined a ghost to look. It was like an illuminous green outline, very detailed, with a belt that had a sword in it, a hat with a feather and knee-high boots. There was a sound like an electronic hum coming from it. The landing was very narrow, and it was next to a small table, which meant that we couldn't pass it. So we closed our eyes and ran through it to get to the stairs. We ran down the stairs and stood at the bottom of the stairs looking back up to the landing. The cavalier floated backwards towards the top of the stairs and looked down at us. The green outline had changed to red and it disappeared into the wall. I was hysterical at this point and asked her parents to call mine to come to collect me. I can't remember what their reaction to it was but my mum can still remember coming to pick me up. 
I didn't tell anyone else because I didn't think that they would believe me. Five or six years later, and now at secondary school, we were talking about ghost stories one lunchtime. One of my friends began telling us about a time when she had visited the same house and described seeing the same thing as me, except her sighting was at the bottom of the stairs. We had never discussed what I had seen beforehand. Years later, and by now married, I was walking home from the pub with another friend and her dad. I told her dad the story and where the house was. He said that he lived down the same road when he was growing up, but on the opposite side of the street. One day he was sitting in the living room and a booted foot came out of the fireplace. Because the boot had a high heel on it, he thought it was a woman's boot, but after hearing my story, said it might have belonged to the cavalier as well, as cavaliers wore boots with quite high, chunky heels on them, and he was amazed to find this out after all of this time. Personally, Tracy, I find that when you talk to other people about ghosts, and that person mentions the same ghost uh, that you have seen, or at, at or near the same place, before you have told them about it, then they have effectively authenticated the existence of ghosts, for me anyway. One last one from Tracy now. Numerous things have happened in our house over the years. Some were only things that we thought we saw out of the corner of our eyes, but there has been many unexplained things seen or heard by various people. A quick background. Our house is a 1950s build semi-detached in Enfield, North London, and is built on what used to be part of the garden of the vicarage, which is two doors away from us. One night, my daughter was in bed and had just turned her light out. She heard a noise and couldn't work out what it was. After a couple of minutes, she realised that the sound seemed to be coming from the direction of her dressing table. In the dark, she stretched across to her dressing table, and a bowl that was on there was rocking from side to side. That's what the noise was. She put her hand on it to steady it, and it stopped. There was no reason that we could see why it would have done this. One evening, myself and Steve were watching TV and out of the corner of my eye I saw something move. I turned towards it and it looked like a dark mist swirling around the floor in front of the armchair. It happened so quickly that I couldn't be 100% sure that it wasn't just my imagination, so I didn't say anything to Steve about it. A couple of minutes later, Steve said, Oh well, that was strange. I asked him what he meant, and he said that the black shadow had appeared by the partition wall as if somebody had been popped their head around the door. That's when I told him what I had seen. On a different day, Steve and I were sitting in the front room, and a picture that was on the fireplace slid forward and fell into the hearth. We heard a scraping sound, which, when we looked, was the sound of the photo moving towards 
the edge of the fireplace. We then watched as it fell. Surprisingly, the glass didn't have a mark on it, no scratches or anything. We tried to look for an explanation and recreate it, but we couldn't get it to fall forward again. Steve's daughter was sitting in our front room one day and saw one of our stalls in the kitchen fall over on all on its own. Another weekend when Steve's three children were staying over, everyone was in various rooms upstairs and one of Steve's sons was downstairs in the front room. When Steve went back downstairs, his son looked white and petrified. He said that a girl with long hair had walked through the dining room and into the kitchen. What Steve hadn't told him was that he had also seen a girl fitting the same description in the same part of the house a few weeks prior to this. Thank you again, Tracy, for all of your stories. Indeed, thank you to everyone who has taken the time to write in to me with your experiences. Please, please do keep them coming. I love reading every single one of them. The email address again is ufosandotherparanormalstuff at gmail.com. Please don't forget to keep in touch also on the Facebook group, on Instagram and on Twitter. The handle is at UFOs and OPS. Until next time, stay safe, stay in touch, and thank you for listening.